So I got away from the mindset of, you know, trying to teach women how to do businesses and say we can no longer continue teaching broken women how to run businesses. We have to focus on really taking care of the woman as a whole. You're listening to Stuck in the Middle podcast, a platform for entrepreneurs, innovators, and creatives of African descent. Hear stories, ideas, experiences, and advice on breaking barriers. This episode is brought to you by our online store. Visit sitmpodcast.com and shop Stuck in the Middle merch. We've also partnered with Perfect Office Solutions to bring you affordable, professional, and flexible private office spaces in seven locations in the DMV. Use promo code SITMPODCAST to get 10% off your monthly lease. If you're looking for office space, hit up Perfect Office Solutions. Tell them Stuck in the Middle sent you and save some money on some perfect office space. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Stuck in the Middle Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Uncle AK. And I'm Tutu. You better bring that energy, man. <laughs> I'm Tutu. This is my first episode, so hey, everybody. Hey, we, um, like Reflex said last time, man, a new addition to the Stuck in Middle family. Um, she's definitely going to be taking my spot on this table, man, with Sir Charles and Reflex. I don't know. I'll let them figure it out. But now, nah, today we have a very special guest. Um, man, we've been looking forward to this episode, man. Hey, I like, I like seeing... You know, women, you know, in, in, in power, I like seeing women influencing other women or people in general. I like seeing um, women pushing, you know, promoting other women, you know, to be stronger, taking from their examples and trying to make other people's lives better. But today in the building, we have Linda Array. She's a nonprofit startup consultant, speaker, author of memoirs of a working mother and life coach welcome to stuck in the middle podcast thank you thanks for having me welcome how you feeling i feel great you feel great great Mm -hmm. it's a beautiful day to be in the maryland area is it you think it's a beautiful day it is (laughs) it's i know it's a little it's trying to decide whether it should snow rain or be summer but it's a beautiful day i would just say maryland people can't drive for nothing when to see a little snow on the road man. i like, agree with that i'm not driving today pissed maryland off like people. yo you know not too much on our maryland people i think we're just being very cautious nah. <laughs> okay. cautious about what that's the question but now nah, man forget all that who is linda let's start there who is linda I think you put it all in a nutshell. I would like one of my most prized titles is a wife and mother. So I'm married to my amazing husband. Um, he definitely is the, the behind the scenes that people don't see. Uh, my biggest cheerleader and I'm a mother of two. Um, a two year old and a three year old that run my world and run my life. <laughs> and um, I'm an author. Uh, my book, Memoirs of a Working Mother, is really, I call it my brainchild and my labor of love to the women of the world and working moms. Just really a platform to show women um, how to stay motivated, um, inspired, while also instilling in them, you know, business practices, because I'm such a big believer in multiple streams of income. And really just, you know, and trusting them and empowering them with that one fact that whenever you look in the mirror, just love the woman that you see. 
And my message is a one of fulfillment. And I take that same message um, when I um, coach women. I'm a certified life coach myself. And my goal as a life coach is really to help women leave from a place where they're feeling stuck to a place where they're performing and thriving. You know, whatever your level of fulfillment is, whatever you're chasing in life, just help women find that fulfillment. And I also work with nonprofit organizations and nonprofit entrepreneurs, just help them start and grow, you know, sustainable nonprofit organizations. And, you know, I travel the world speaking and consulting and coaching. And when I'm not in six inch heels, I wear combat boots. So I'm a captain in the United States Air Force. Mm. And I'm the chief financial officer right now at Dover Air Force Base. Jesus. I'm here for all this women empowerment. Man, yes. that's, too much. That's, that's, that's way Stop. too many accolades. Man. I got to clap for that. <laughs> I got to clap for that, yo. I like how you said when I'm not in hills, I'm in boots. Yeah. When did you join um, the military? Eight years ago. Eight years ago? Yes. And you're still in it, loving it? I love it. It gives me, it's a platform that gives me autonomy. You know, my background, um, I have a master's in business and healthcare administration. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't have done healthcare in any organization better than the Air Force. It really just gives me the opportunity to be innovative and thrive. And a lot of things that people in my role would not do in the civilian sector. You know, I run, I run a shop of you know really awesome airmen civilians and contractors and i believe the air force equips us with the right education um, resources to just expand on that skill set far more advanced than the civilian sector i'm not hating on my civilian um healthcare administrators i just love what i do mm. yeah you mentioned you mentioned earlier um about sustainable nonprofits. what does that mean so what, the way people do nonprofit, okay, people think of nonprofit and think of it like a hand-me-down, a charity, and it is a charity, but for a nonprofit to be sustainable, it has to be run following an ex, uh, a business structure. So you can't just not implement business strategies in a nonprofit and expect it to grow. So people think the hardest thing is to start your own 501c, register 501c. It can be a little complicated to get your 501c. Uh, well, with me, it's a 30-day guarantee. So we have a 100% guarantee to get people um, their 501c. Um, we've established that, never failed once, and I hold that reputation. However, that's where the work starts. A lot of clients, when they get that 501C, I get that text or email screenshot and say, yeah, I got my 501C. Okay, you know, the, the journey just begun because it's one thing to have a 501C, but if you look at it, only about 12% of nonprofit organizations are actually thriving. A lot of them are struggling with funding. A lot of them are struggling with establishing, you know, successful programs. We get to a point where we have sustainability in nonprofits by actually running it as a business structure and positioning ourselves in the position where you can actually get the right funding in order to execute these platforms so you can meet the needs of the community that you're trying to serve, whether it's people, whether it's a, a cause, whatever it is. But for a nonprofit to be sustainable, it has to have funding. For it to have funding, it has to have people that believe in it, people that believe in that mission, and people that are willing to write you those checks. So pretty much what you're saying is, if it's not well structured, one, um, going through the you know proper channels and stuff like that, and two, you know, have this backbone to it, don't bring it around you. 
pretty much. Well, you can bring it around me. Mm-hmm. Then you can pay me to make it work. Ah, okay. Cool. <laughs> so, That's, like a that. like that. That's a like catch. That. That's a catch. That's a catch. That's a catch. But now let's take it back a little bit, right? Um, all this just didn't happen overnight. At what point did you realize that? Yo, um, the military is it. Um, started writing a book is it. Um, helping people with their nonprofits is it. What time did you realize I that? I don't think we have enough time for the, <laughs> the whole um, background because everything happened at its own timeline. You know, everything didn't just happen at once. Um, for the book, that really, as I said, is my labor of love. I've always wanted to be an author. But when I thought about writing a book about 10 years ago, it was a book on entrepreneurship. I wanted to teach women how to run businesses, you know. I wanted to teach women how to make money. But I did not take that book off the ground. Not until I became pregnant with my first daughter did I start writing and writing seriously. Let me say that. You know, I went through a very complicated pregnancy. At five months, I went on bed rest. I had a severe case of uterine fibroids. You know, 40% of black women over 30 years suffer with uterine fibroids. We have about 20 million women in the world suffering um, with uterine fibroids. However, not everybody has symptoms, so you just deal with it or you go about your day not knowing that you actually have uterine fibroids. I was one of the cases that actually did not only have fibroids when I hit 30, but there were a severe case that I actually experienced symptoms. So at five months, I actually had to go on bed rest. Worst time of my life because I'm always, you know, go, 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 go. For me to actually pause was a very challenging time for me. And I almost, I feel I hit near depression to be able to just sit and say that, you know what, Linda, just being bad, you know. But I had to get to the point where it was a mindset shift. And I did that by focusing on the priorities. What was most important right now? You know, running a business, you know, running a medical group as a captain. What was most important? The most important thing at that moment was for me to bring a healthy baby to this world and be alive to actually see my child. So with that mindset shift, I started focusing on me. I focused on me so much, I actually enjoyed being at home for four months and post that. I wasn't even ready to go back to work. But I had to use my time more constructively. If I cannot wake up and go to the office, you know, what can I do? And I was able to automate my business. So I could run my business. As I shared with you earlier, so long as I have a cell phone, I'm good to go. I can run my business on a 24-hour using just this phone. Mm -hmm. But I was able to automate my business. And then it was a time for me to start writing this book. Instead of focusing on just business, I put myself in the picture. What would a woman in my present state, want to hear, you know? So I got away from the mindset of, you know, trying to teach women how to do businesses and say we can no longer continue teaching broken women how to run businesses. We have to focus on really taking care of the woman as a whole. So the book really, while I say, you know, working matters, it's a book that would really help women in general we talk about you know i really focus on the business part but also on the mental and the wellness part of it because at the end of the day you want to be able to look at yourself and say you know what i love the woman that i am and that's really what the book is about it also has a section for women to journal at the end and then the military really was never part of the plan no yeah i literally woke up one day and just joined the military (laughs) because i was um so when I was leaving, after grad school, I had a plan all mapped out, you know. I worked for Kaiser Permanente, and I said, you know what, masters, I'll finish, be a managed organization manager for 
Kaiser, and that was the life. Right before I graduated, uh, Kaiser, California came to Georgia and restructured. They no longer had entry-level management positions. What does that mean? You're brand new master's student, you don't qualify. You know, while I had the education, I did not have the years of experience. So I had to think <clears throat> about plan B. You know, my siblings are in the military. Um, my brother, one of my biggest role models and cheerleaders, so I called him and he said, you know what? You know, the Air Force has one of the really good healthcare administration, um, you know, jobs. So check that out. So I checked it out. It was two months of the cutoff. So the whole commissioning process takes about 12 months. When I got into it, it was two months of the cutoff. And I remember the healthcare recruiter telling me, oh, no, we're not going to make it. And I said, has the deadline passed? She said, it's just two months, but this is a 12-month process. I said, you're taking my package. Unless you have something to show me that it has not passed, you're taking my package. So long story short, we put it in, and it was 15 that cycle that got in. I was the only one that got that call, hmm. yes, for the job that I wanted. So, again, it, it really wasn't something I sat saying I want to join the military. Mm -hmm. It was a, a, a backup plan <laughs> that turned out to be um, a really good plan. And, you know, that's why it's just a reassurance to say that in life we may not always get what we want, but God really positions us in a place that we get what we need. Thanks. Quick question. So just to piggyback off what you were saying, I heard you talking about um, in the present and I watched one of your TED talks. Mm -hmm. And um, if I'm not mistaken, it was mistakes of uh, waiting to live in fulfillment. Um, and you were talking about the present and you just kept reiterating on the present. So can you elaborate more about what you meant? I think in life we spent, I literally just had a similar conversation on my drive here. We spend a lot of time planning for the life that we desire. There's nothing wrong in planning, but when you plan for the future, you cannot forget to live in the present. There are people that it's been years after years, oh, I want to take a vacation. I want to take my family to Europe. I want to show my kids an experience. Next year, they will say the same thing, and it's five years down the line, they have not made that trip because they are saving their money to do it. And I'm saying, why are you doing that? How about you take them down the street to Maryland? You know, are you intentionally saving or are you just putting that so you can constantly um, be content to that? The fact that I'm thinking about it, I'm actually, you know, I'm, I'm making that happen. You can think about it all you want. That's just a desire. Mm -hmm. You have to actually execute on that desire. So if you say I'm planning for this trip, be intentional. If you make $100 a month, save two every month. You got to be intentional with your dollars. We have to get to a point where we're telling our money where to go. What I see is a lot of people saying, I don't have enough money yet to do this. We don't have a money-making problem. We have a money-management problem. Mm -hmm. So you got to be able to control the money that you have in your hand, tell it where it go, to prepare you to make more money and for the life that you desire. So when I talk about living in the present, it's being intentional about the life that you want to lead. And if you are intentional about it, you can see that. You can actually start experiencing that today. You don't have to wait until you're a CEO or until you find that dream man or dream woman or get that dream job. You can start experiencing that life right where you are mm -hmm. if you're just intentional about your resources and your actions. It's like they say, more money, more problems. Mm -hmm. <laughs> man, being a nonprofit consultant, right, and 
I believe. Let's just go down the list of all these different businesses you have, because I don't know how you know. I mean, you juggle all of them. I'm really about to learn something new today, like how to juggle many wear different hats, because I'm struggling with it. I procrastinate a lot for one, and two, I'm like, I find myself rushing behind things, right? Mm. So the nonprofit institute. When was that created, and what was it? What was the purpose of it? So Nonprofit Institute, it's really, I say it's a premier program, and I stand by it. The premier program, that actually takes a concept into an executable nonprofit organization in eight weeks. So we take you from an idea, oh, I want to start a nonprofit, to actually establishing the structure, your bylaws, incorporation, formation, all that stuff, and your 501C with a plan to actually get you off the ground. Um, with your board of directors, your first event, your funds, first fundraiser, stuff like that. You know, while I started this was a means for me to expand my reach and my territory. So as a nonprofit consultant, I have 24 hours a day to do all these things that you're reading, right? So I'm constantly recreating myself and finding ways to better buy back my time. So instead of me having 10 one-on-one clients, we provided the same product in a group setting where I can actually go through every eight weeks, 20 clients, and help 20 nonprofits actually get on their feet, as opposed to working with 20 individuals on a one-on-one basis. What that then does, those people that need extra time can then uh, you know, book my services for one-on-one. But that drastically reduced the time that I spend consulting and I'm always looking for more time to spend with my husband and my kids. So that bought me back more time. So you're getting the same quality product. You're just not getting it on a one-on-one basis. And instead of me coming to you, because um, alternatively, I have our VIP mastermind program where I come to you. And in an eight, one full day, eight hours, we knock everything out. Yes. Mm. So we're giving you that same eight hours in an eight weeks period, one hour a week. So it's about what are you willing to pay for? Because if you want my time one-on-one, a full day, I'll be there. But what are you willing to um, accommodate? Same quality product, different settings, um, different means of delivery, different cost. But we all get the same results. At what point did you really figure out that equation, time and money? Like time equals money. At what point did you know that? So I'm one of those, and for those who know me, I always say I value my time much more than money. Trust me, I love making money, but I would be I'm more conscious about how I spend my time because if I misuse my time, that's money out of my pocket. I think a lot of people focus on making money, and then you have that tunnel vision where all you're looking at is the next dollar. What happens is you're missing everything else that's happening around you, and all those things money opportunities that you're missing because you're focused on that one paycheck right so I really don't focus on money I focus on better utilizing my time and by so doing money comes in I can agree with that so talking about time with all the accolades that you have mm-hmm. so you're a captain you are an author you're a mom you're a wife um, you're a nonprofit business consultant like your life coach how do you juggle all of that like how do you find the time to actually do all of that. I think that works. Um, number one, as I shared, being intentional about you spend your 24 hours. 
you know, I left from the concept of saying that we need to manage time better, right? I don't believe you can manage time. Time is like kinetic energy. You cannot create nor destroy time. Right. As we're sitting right here, we don't have the power to pause the clock. We don't have the power to go back five minutes. Mm -hmm. We don't have the power to manage or control time. So number one, we need to change the narrative and stop using the word time and schedule. And by so doing, you prioritize what is most important. You know the egg and the ball theory, where you have you know five egg, five, five balls. One of them is an egg. You know, you if you are not a toddler, you cannot juggle all of those stuff effectively. But the way you get it done is you focus on the one thing that if it falls, it's gonna break. So if I'm juggling five balls and one egg, and I cannot juggle all six items at once, where would my focus be on that egg? It doesn't mean that those balls are not important. It just means that if they drop, they'll be okay. Mm -hmm. But I cannot let the egg fall. So you have to always, at every given point, understand at this very moment, what is my egg? That is a thing that needs your highest attention, your highest resources at that time. The balls can take care of themselves until then you can put them in the position of an egg. So that's how I juggle my time. That's how I get things done. It's not because people always ask me, how do you get all of these things done? I don't get all of them done at the same time. But I've got into a place where I can better identify what my egg is. And I make that a priority, execute it until I get to the next egg. And then also surrounding yourself with a great tribe. I see people post on Facebook, oh, I made my post, people didn't like my post, oh, I'm selling this, this one did not bite. Nobody cares. You are taking your time and energy and focusing on the people that are not supporting you by giving them that attention and making that post. So a lot of people are waiting for validation, waiting for support in order to execute. But human beings, they like successful people. Go out there, kill it, execute. Guess what? You wouldn't even have to tell these people that, come like my post. They are following you. They are liking because they want, they, people love success. They may not be able to support you on your journey there, but, but get there, you will get that support. So stop really waiting on validation. Stop waiting on people to support you before you execute. So I say that to say that I have a very small tribe. It's small and mighty. Because a lot of people think you have to have a huge team you have to have. You don't. You don't. And I was a one-woman shop for a long time until I was able to hire my first staff. Right now, I have five employees that I am paying a check for every month. So that makes me glad. And I'm also willing to, you know, it, I'm, I'll be glad to get to a point where I can employ more people. But in the meantime, my small and mighty team, we're getting the work done. And it didn't always start by employing people. It started by, you know, a trade by batter service. Mm -hmm. You know, what do you have that I need and what do I have that you need? You know, you have to be able to tap into your immediate resources and also outsource your resources and also show your value when you need something from somebody, you know, and, and utilize that. And, you know, I talked earlier about my husband. He's such, he's the... The, 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 the backbone of everything that I do, he's just the behind the scenes guy. So you need that because you can't do life alone. I'm not saying everybody needs a husband. I'm not saying that. Everybody needs that person that is going to be in that tribe and, 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 and hold things down. Because at the end of the day, you know, everybody says, how do you get all of this done? It's not just me. I have a small tribe, 
but it's a very effective tribe. So what say, what advice would you have then for people who say, okay, I believe in this or I have this vision, right? Mm -hmm. But then my significant other or the people around me say siblings or whichever are not supportive of my idea. It's the same thing that I said. You just are going to have to be killing it and going. You cannot wait on people. Mm -hmm. So I always talk about the story of Abraham and Lot in the Bible, right? You know, they, brothers, cousins, you know, great, great team together. And two leaders, two different tribes. When they outgrew their surrounding, they knew it was time to separate. Mm -hmm. Abraham turned to his brother and said, you know, brother, we got to go our separate ways because our, 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 our people are fighting, our flock can't coexist. You pick where you want to go. Lot looked around and picked the land that was greener, had water, pasture, and he thought that, hey, I'm killing it. You know, I got the best land. And Abraham went the other way. But not until Abraham and Lot separated did God appear before Abraham and gave him the promised land. So Lot thought he just got a gold mine, but Abraham ended up getting the whole world. He's the father of all nations, but he had to separate from Lot for that to happen. Right. So in life, we have to keep moving. Not everybody will follow you into your season of greatness. Your mama may not follow you, your father, your brother, your sister, but that should not be a stumping ground. Show them, give them value in what you are doing. And I promise you, people that truly love and support you will catch them. Yeah. A lot of times they don't support because they don't believe in it. You got to show them why they should believe in it. And they will come along. But them not supporting should not be the reason you don't act, you don't execute. You got to keep moving. You know, you cannot rely on supportive people to keep moving. Whether it's baby steps, just keep taking those steps and proving them each time that they are wrong not to support and showing them the value. Mm -hmm. You're going to, you may not gain all of their support, but you will gain some people because people really, you do have people that really trust and believe in you. They just don't believe in this particular vision at this time. Show them why they should believe in it and they will come on board. Right. Let's talk about a book real quick. Uh, when did you publish a book? October 2018. Memoir of a Walking Woman. Uh, what sparked it? I mean, of course, you said when you were pregnant, you know, you wanted to take writing for real. But have, did you always feel like you were a writer? No. I just always wanted to be an author. <laughs> no, I just always wanted to add author behind the name. And so... But when I did, it, was, it wasn't really about the title. For me, it's not about titles. It's mm. about um, the impact. Yes. Speak a little bit about that, like the impact so far that you've you know, gotten with the book. It speaks from the reviews, and that's really what matters to me. As I told you, I love making money, but no amount of when you get that clean, clean, clean mm -hmm. money come in, you don't get that same fulfillment. Mm -hmm. Like somebody say, you know what, I read your book, and because I read your book, it changed my life. I'm a better mom, you know. I've re readdressed certain things in my marriage. Or I'm looking at my business a different way. I've been able to um, scale my business. Those are the things that bring me fulfillment. Yes, so um, the impact really speaks from its reviews. And um, I've been invited to do book clubs and I'm still taking book clubs. So, cause that's where I get my bulk orders mm -hmm. from organizations and book clubs. And you know, that really is my labor of love. I wrote that book from my heart, and I wrote a book that I knew I would find value in. 
you know it's a book that talks about motivation inspiration it talks about leadership so it it puts both the corporate america woman down to uh let me not say down corporate america woman and inclusive of every woman whether you're a stay-at-home mom or working mom i wrote that book with every woman in mind and there's not been one person that picked that book and did not give me a positive you know what it touched my life in this way one of my friend's husband actually texted me and said um you know i grabbed she read this book and said so much about it i decided to read it and he said i did not put this book down until i was done reading it so he texted me a picture with the book and not saying i wrote it i didn't even write it with a man in mind but for it to be able to impact a relationship in a to the extent that the husband wants to pick it up and read it, you know, those are the things that make my heart smile. Mm. How long did it take you to write the book? One, um, how did you go about publishing it? Because a lot of people write lately, yeah. but they have problems with publishing. They don't know what route to take. So what was your experience with that? So I started seriously writing the book in February, and we published in October. And Same year? Same year, wow. yes. That's you know, and I say, because I was serious about it. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times I was like, I'm writing, but no, no. So I was, I was serious about it. And I really believe where we put our, what we find value in, that's where we fuel our interest and our resources, right? The book was important to me at that time. And um, so I was very serious about it. And I went through a, a publisher. I used a renowned publisher. Um, to publish the book because I really wanted everything to be uh, perfect, uh, close to perfection because I don't believe in perfection. And I wanted things to go right. And that's another way about outsourcing your resources. I didn't have the time to self-publish and do all that stuff. So I recruited a publisher and they did all of that. They did the designing, um, well, based on my feedback because you know, that designing came exactly the way I wanted it. You know, uh, everybody writes a book, they take a picture, put it in front. I didn't want that. Mm -hmm. I, I want people to pick up that book not knowing whether I'm black, white, blue, green, not knowing who I look like. I want them to focus on the content and be open about, you know, what they're about to gain from the book. Because it's life. People pass judgment. People make um, have preconceived um, conceptions about what you're going to write about based on what you look like. So I did not want any of that. I just wanted a, a nice, clean, um, you know, packaging. And that really captured my vision um, perfectly. That being said, to my part, I have a lot of publisher friends, and this is not against you. If I were to advise somebody trying to write a book, I would say self-publish, okay? I know now what I did not know then, and I don't want other people going the route that I did. It cost me a lot of money because I use a very renowned publisher, lots of money, and it doesn't end when you publish. So right now, the book is sold um, on, on the book's website. It's sold on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles. Um, but I make my money selling directly from the website. When you buy from Amazon, the publisher gets a cut, Amazon gets a cut, and then you end up with chicken change. And you look at um, from production to, um, you know, consumer and it's been a lot of hands in between that and it does not end so on the other hand if you self-publish it's cheaper 
and there's a way to self-publish and still get the same quality. You just have to be able to put in the time and invest. It will cost you um, a little bit more time. It will cost you less money. And once you self-publish, you control everything. You control when you want to print out books. You control how many books. You control, you know, your margins. So because this book is something that will be my life forever, it's long-term, I totally enjoy it. I will actually be self-publishing a second edition because I do think, you know, I do agree it's the best thing to do to break away from a publisher. It's a renowned publisher. I love them to death just because I'm breaking away from them. I don't want to say their name, mm -hmm. uh, but they are very reputable and really, really great publishing company. But I would, I will be self-publishing the second edition. And my advice is, if you want to write a book, just write. There's there's no other way. You got to just keep writing. What story do you want to tell? And lay out lay out a plan. You know, your, your book should be the story, right? Lay out an execution plan and pick one chapter a day and dive in. It's good to have more content than you actually need than have less content. Mm -hmm. And then have the end goal in mind. You know, why are you writing? Are you writing just because you want to tell a story? Are you writing because you want to turn that into a profitable business? Are you writing because you want to impact a community? Why are you writing? Because a lot of people just want to write and say, I want to write a book. Then what? How do you get that book from production to market? Right. How do you make money? So you have to have a plan in mind. Is it you're going to start, if you're writing a book where you're an expert in a particular area, is it that you're going to start, you know, develop a curriculum from that book? Start going around teaching people? Because when you go teach, that generates book sales, you know? Are you using your expertise to create some kind of program? Why are you writing? And if you're writing just to tell a story, that's fine. But let that be your intention. But if you're writing because you want to use that book and make money, you better factor that into your marketing and execution plan before the book actually comes to market. Statistics shows that most authors in their entire life never sell more than 400 books. And that's a fact. Because people write books when the book is here and they say, oh, how do I sell? Why are people not buying? Just because you wrote a book doesn't mean people are going to come running to buy. Mm -hmm. Your friends and family may buy a one copy each, then what? How do you get to those people that don't know you? So you have to have a plan. You want to write, start writing, but have a plan based on what you want your outcome to be. Yeah. Uh, March 14, you have a conference coming up. Um, yes. The 2020 Women's Wellness and... Can I have a flyer, please? Wellness and Business Conference. Woo-hoo. Got some keynote speakers, man. They look heavy. Got some right. good people on this panel. Okay. Like Speak a little bit about this. So... Yes, uh, our annual conference, and this is the annual conference um, for our charity. So I'm also the president of Women in Leadership, Development, and Empowerment. And while we go by WILD, WILD is a professional women's charity. We come together to um, support each other and also impact communities. So we are true definition of sisters supporting sisters. Because I see every woman using sisters supporting sisters uh, hashtag, but... Nobody can call you and say, hey, girl, I need some help. It, yours just ends on Facebook. No. We really take sister support and sisters to heart. You know, one thing I say is we consume wild. So if I were to 
need a, a podcast um, to go to and Stuck in the Middle was part of what, that's who we go to first. We consume our media network before we go to the um, outside. And then, but the beautiful thing we do is we use our skill set, our experiences, and our resources to um, help women and children in communities. You know, we've done work in underserved communities in Africa um, from building wells, um, partnering with local communities to finish schools, and also um, medical missions. Here in the U.S., we do our workshops. We look at the flyer. This was our Give Mama Break Day. This actually passed mm -hmm. um, last Sunday. This was a free community event we did for Working Matters. We pretty much said, hey, if you're a working mom, come. We want to feed you, give you massages, do your nails, and just have you have a good time, a mommy time just for you. And then March 14 is our annual Women's Wellness and Business Conference. You know, I shared earlier about we can no longer teach broken women how to do business. When we started this conference um, back in 2011, it was a, a leadership and business conference, right? But as we evolve, we realize there is more to teaching business and teaching people how to make money. We have to also focus on the other pillars of life. Our four pillars are mental wellness, physical wellness, spiritual wellness, and financial literacy. And I put financial literacy at the end because in order for women to actually perform at their best, they need to be whole. What's a broken you know? woman? Yes. I talk about broken women. Uh, there are days in my life that I feel broken. You know, when I'm stressed, burnt out, you know, stuff like that. When I'm going through mental health issues. And when I, you know, mental health issues doesn't necessarily mean you're walking around picking papers on the street now. No. It may be anxiety. It is burnout. So the ICD-11 codes actually has burnout, has a disease now. The what? ICD. So that those are the codes that the... Uh, World Health Organization oh, and the CDC you. they gotcha. use to determine diseases. So right now we're right now we're on ICD-10 codes. So every every so often they will revise the codes. The majors revise a 10 and add more codes to it. Like when you go to the doctor and you have a broken knee, when they go to code that, that's how you get the doctor's office get paid by the code. Whatever the doctor puts that they did with your knee, mm -hmm. that's how you get paid, right? So the ICD-11 codes actually have included burnout has a disease. So that's a real epidemic that is, you know, that's out there. So when I talk about, you know, broken women, I'm not saying that these women are incapable. You know, as I said, some days I feel broken myself. What I'm saying is we need to focus on total wellness. We need to make sure that our women are mentally um, performing. They are physically performing because... January comes and you said all this, I'm going to be going to the gym, I'm going to start eating healthy, and by March, you're not doing it. Mm -hmm. But you want to, you're just not committed to it. So how do we empower women to be able to take care of their bodies physically, mentally, and spiritually? You know, my upper higher being is God. Whatever your higher being is, I think every human being, and not just women, needs to be connected to a power other than themselves. So I, I really, I, I believe and I love my God. Whatever anybody else, you know, whatever you, 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 you worship, hey, do you. But you need to be connected to something. So how do we also provide an opportunities for people to feel whole spiritually? I believe if we can take care of ourselves mentally, mm -hmm. if we can wake up every day and say, you know what, I love the woman that I am, you know. And spiritually, you're a whole. Making money is the easy part. 
We see a lot of people, you see, you see pastors committing suicide. You see CEOs committing suicide, you know. You see people dying with $400 million in their accounts, and they still commit suicide. So money is not the problem. Whatever we're chasing in life, we think it's just to make more money. Get that raise and tell me if you're happy now. Right. You know, it's about attaining fulfillment in life, and often money is not it. Right. So we need to take care of the other stuff. So our conference really <coughs> focuses on wellness and business. Mm -hmm. So we start off the day with the wellness part. We talk about, you know, um, self-care, self-love. We, we, we talk about, you know, physical well-being, meal prepping, you know, all that stuff. And then the, we have the, the, the meat of the day. We, have, we honor women in the community that are really doing an impact, you know, empowering other women, creating opportunities. So we have our honorees and our keynote luncheon. It's a three-course lunch um, at Dover Downs, um, very elegant lunch. And then the afternoon part is our business part. We're teaching women how to start their businesses. If you already have a business, how do you scale that business? We're teaching branding. We're teaching marketing, you know, um, stuff like that. And then... Um, you know, some years we actually do nonprofit consulting there as well. We teach book writing, those that want to start and write their book. Um, so, but those things differ every year. But our afternoons are focusing on the business part. Mm -hmm. And then the, the morning part is focused on wellness. So, talking about wellness, um, I heard you saying about, like, you know, physical and spiritual and emotional and all that. So, I want to, like, you know, dive deeper into the mental mm -hmm. health so do you feel like mental health is something that's not discussed as much especially in the african society like in the african community do you feel like mm -hmm. and what do you think that we can do to you know make it more known make it you know more mm -hmm. knowledgeable i would say you say is it not discussed as much i would say yes or no okay. um can we discuss it more than we are now yes have we actually come a long way? Yes. There are days you can't even say, you know what, I have postpartum depression in an African setting. And they will say, what is that? No, you need to pray. Oh, we don't do that. Our family don't talk about depression or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Families are becoming more accepting and open to the conversation. So I believe that as an African society, we have gotten better. Do we need to create more inclusive environments? Yes. Do we need to create more non-judgmental environments? Yes. Do we need to normalize mental health better? Yes. So we have room for growth, and we have come a long way, but we can go further. Right. And we do that really by focusing on inclusivity. Because right now, we are not, a lot of communities in our, our African setting still don't normalize mental health. We need to create environments where I can call you and say, brother, I am losing it. And I'm on my way to see my therapist. And you wouldn't go to him and say, oh, Lord, she's, she's, she's seeing a psychologist. She's seeing a psych. You, you get what I mean? Like, and you wouldn't say, give me a listening ear, listen to my concerns, offer support where needed, and tell me that, you know what, if you need me to drive you to go see your therapist, I will. Those are the environments we need to create. Because right now, people are internalizing a lot of stuff, dealing with it on their own, because they don't trust their immediate environment. So we need to create environments where people feel, feel safe, people feel comfortable, and people feel trustworthy. You know, statistics shows that a lot of people that commit suicide, if at that moment they could call one person they trusted and they picked it up, the outcome may be different. 
you know so we need to actually create environments where we're telling people that listen you're dealing with stuff i'm here for you and that person trusts in that they can actually be vulnerable around you discuss their issues and you would be accepting of what they are going through I just want to know if men are allowed into these conferences. Absolutely. Well, not this one. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> not this one. You know, I I have begun to see a, a more male conferences come up and more co-ed conferences come up, and I think they're needed. Back again to the normalization and inclusivity, I think men need to be more accepting of this because a lot of men will tell you that, oh, I don't, I don't need that especially African men. We talk about African women. It is worse when it comes to African men. Tell an African man that we need to go to counseling mm -hmm. and hear what majority of them say, you know. So we actually need to normalize that as well uh, with our men because we rely on our men. We lead on our men. They are the backbone mm -hmm. of our families, of our communities. And we also need to make sure that when you're leading your home, you're mentally sane to do so, you know. So this particular conference, no. But there, um, I can provide resources of, you know, co-ed conferences and male conferences and retreats out there. A friend of mine, he actually does retreats for men. Ask me how many African men would say I'm going on a guy's uh, mental wellness retreat, you know. But um, he, the feedback he's gotten from those are really great. And I would really like to see um, our African community be more inclusive in those environments. African men, their retreats are at society. But anyways, <laughs> um, uh, <coughs> I just had to ask, uh, for those who are far, yes, how can they partake in this conference? Far as in where? If you can as jump on a plane, you are not far. <laughs> so if you can get on a plane or get on a car and drive, you are not far. Um, Delaware is a, a first state, beautiful state. You may not be able to visit our beaches in March, mm -hmm. but we're doing this at Dover Downs Hotel and Casino. You cannot beat that. It's a beautiful, all-inclusive resort. Mm. So if you can get on the plane, start looking for your tickets right now. And if you're all in Maryland, you need to be there. All of you all women need to be there. Drive down there. It took me two hours to get here. Two-hour drive. Be there March 14. Like, seriously. It's, you know, our 99% of women that attend our conferences say they will come back. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're, the conferences are that valuable. I actually just got them. Um, I was sharing on social media today because I do my social media Saturday mornings. Um, and one of the husbands of one of the moms that attended our event on Sunday actually took time to send me an email. He said, since his wife came back from the event on Sunday, she's been happier. Um, the smile hasn't left her face and how it has affected him and, you know, his family. So I think, you know, these events are important. These communities are important. And if we're putting it out there, you know, um, people should definitely take the opportunity and be in the room. What's your greatest accomplishment this far? My greatest accomplishment, the one thing that brings me more, most, the most joy, but has been the most challenging is motherhood yes so i look at my girls and i would do it over and over but i tell you um i don't think there's any book that can teach you how to become a mother you just experience it as you go and my daughters are so different um our first daughter was definitely um challenging she didn't sleep she slept 30 minutes here 30 minutes there and 
you know and our second was just she slept through the night and just two different characters right but motherhood definitely challenged me in ways that I really didn't know I could triumph from but on the other side it's brought me the most joy and fulfillment and I believe you know that is my greatest accomplishment um, being a mother and just having um, the best husband to do life with and raise these kids according to God's plan. Mm-hmm. What What is one advice? I mean, of course, you've, you know, said a lot, you know, that could benefit women, you know, um, over this course of this recording. But what is one thing that you want women to take back, like right now watching this? What is one thing you want them to sit with and think about? Let it resonate with them. I would like to say you are enough. And you have everything within you to become the best version that God designed you to be. Because a lot of times people keep, they're on that journey searching, you know. And I believe the search should begin within. Just search right within you. Um, whatever is it you want to accomplish in life, um, you got to first understand though, what is it that you want in life. Because with social media right now, a lot of people are distracted. Because you wake up today and your friend is, um, uh, you know, selling soda on the street. And you say, I want to sell soda too. And you haven't really figured out if that's what's good or right for you, if that's what you want to do. So the first thing is to take time. Give yourself that time. If you have not figured it out yet, give yourself that time to really peel back the layers and figure out what is it that I want to do. A lot of people talk about purpose. And I say, what exactly is purpose? I'm finding my purpose. What is it? Purpose to me is where your skill set matches your passion. Because if you're walking around just chasing passion and you have no skill in that area, there's no succeeding in that. And the same thing, if you're very skilled in something that your heart is not there, there's no succeeding. So it's important to find where your skill set intersects with your passion. Once you've identified that, know that you have everything within you to really go out there and execute. But you can't be chasing something that's not for you. You know, you cannot leave another person's dream. So you got to identify what is it. You know, I always say start from the end back. What is it? Who is the woman that you want to become? When you identify that, you can unbecome who you are in order to get to that woman that you want to be. Mm-hmm. And it starts within you. You spoke a, you, you spoke a lot about um, having four people right now working on with you or, or that you pay, right? It just didn't start overnight. It started with collaboration. You have something I need, I have something you need. Speak a little bit about just that collaborative aspect in business, entrepreneurism and all that. Yeah, so I'm very big about collaboration and I say collaboration is two-sided, right? I get all those inboxes, let's collaborate, let's this. What are you bringing to the table? It's not collaboration if I'm the only one bringing something to the table. And the way you go about collaboration, you have to first, you know, connect with somebody. Then you cultivate a relationship before you can collaborate. People are so quick to see you doing something and say, let's collaborate. I don't even know you. I don't know what you can bring to the table. I don't know how I can support you. Because we have not built that relationship, we have not connected. So collaboration is great. Before you collaborate with somebody, make sure you connect with them, make sure you cultivate a relationship, then you collaborate. I call those my three C's. 
you know, that is how you can effectively collaborate. When you do those things, you know exactly who you're dealing with. You know what value they can add and you know what value you can bring. And, you know, that's also a very effective way to get things done without necessarily spending money. Our forefathers did that back in the days, trade by batter, mm -hmm. you know. It's the same thing. We're just calling it differently. You know, it's the same thing and it still works if you go about it the right way. What are you currently reading? I'm sorry? What are you currently <coughs> reading? Reading? Mm -hmm. I said a book. You said, what do I, oh, what am I reading? Mm -hmm. I'm not reading. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got, yeah, I'm not. It's so funny. I don't, I used to read for pleasure. And right now I don't read for pleasure. I just, you know, I would, I really like newsflash. I would rather come home if I have a day to relax and watch some trash TV. I yes, I said this. it. Didn't I say this? I, I really just said it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but. When I find, when I get, I have mentors that would always recommend some great reads for me. Mm. If my mentors tell me, Linda, read this book, I order it from Amazon and I read it. And I would also, if I have a, somebody that is a new author, I like supporting authors. I'm one of those, if I buy your book, I would make sure I read it so I can provide feedback or give you a, a good rating, you know, something like that. So that's how I read. And then... I told you I'm always recreating myself. I would read a book because it would benefit me or help expand the business or stuff like that. But I really don't just pick up a book to pleasure read. I don't have time for that. Gotcha. So um, what do you like to do in your free time if you don't like to read? So I told you I watch Trash TV. And <laughs> I love quality family time. Like, Yes. As soon as I leave from here, it's family day. So I'm heading right back so we can do something with the kids. Mm -hmm. That's how I spend my free time. And I'm also um, very aware of the fact that, you know, my husband and I, we need our time together. So quality time is not necessarily, you know, family time with the kids. We, we would, I mean, we would do date days, drop the kids off at daycare, go catch an afternoon movie. Or... We would do date nights and have the nanny come in once in a while. We're still one of those parents that don't like leaving the kids with a nanny, but we, we've, we've developed some really trusted um, nannies that once in a while we don't mind. And then we love to travel. Um, we haven't traveled in a while um, since becoming mom, but we have two Europe trips and a trip to the Bahamas planned this year. So we love to travel and honestly we are wine um lovers we like exploring wine from different countries so some days our best days are when we come home have family time put the kids to bed and just watch a movie cuddle and you know those are the those are the the, the things that really um bring those are the moments that bring me joy so if we're not traveling and you know we're not out there doing a family activity we're home people Mm. Yeah. What does success mean to you? Success to me is aligns right with my message fulfillment. Get into a place where I can sit right here and say, damn, I'm happy. Yes, I'm happy right where I am. You know, I think a lot of people want to define success by commodities, by wealth, by stuff like that. If you have money and it doesn't bring you happy newsflash, you are not successful. Because you haven't attained that thing that brings you fulfillment. So, you know, some people may be chasing that family. Some people may be chasing that job. Some people may be chasing more money. So success is what brings you fulfillment. 
That is what success is to me. Wherever you're standing right now, are you happy with the life that you have? If you're not, you haven't attained success yet. Mm -hmm. And if you are not happy, what are you doing about it? You know, you can't just be like, I'm not happy, and then you cuddle on the couch. No, you got to wake up and work for it, you know. You got to wake up every day and work for yourself. Do whatever it takes to attain that fulfillment that you seek and you haven't gotten there yet. Don't sit on the couch and watch your life pass you by. Uh, how can people buy your book? How can people, you know, follow you, connect with you, work with you, all that good stuff? So the book is available online. As I said, if you go on Amazon, Linda Array, Linda Array's A-R-R-E-Y, same thing, Barnton Nobles, the book will come up. The electronic version is actually on Barnton Nobles as well. You can buy it directly on the website because, as I said, that's how I make the most money if you buy it directly from the website. But either purchase, you know, Amazon Prime, you know, stuff like that. Do what's convenient for you. The website is memoirsofaworkingmother.com. And then to register for the conference for March 14, just go to www.wild, wild is W-I-L-D-E, uh, wildinc.org forward slash WWABC and you can find me on social media on the Linda Ray. There are some counterfeit ones out there. I'm the authentic one. So <laughs> and um, same thing on IG, just Linda underscore array. Appreciate you, you know, coming by. I had no clue you're coming all the way from Delaware. From Delaware. That's Thank a drive. You so much. Thank you so much for Thank making you. that drive. Really means um, a lot to us. Um your first time on the on the on the desk. How you feel about it? It was good. It was actually good. Yeah. And you know, thank you. Oh, thank you guys for having me. So much. How do you think I did? Oh, well, I got one more thing. <laughs> you know, you see my this T-shirt, mm -hmm. our mom's T-shirt. We just launched them again because they had sold out, so they are available for purchase. We have different. Um, you know, I'm a wine lover, so. I have the mom needs glasses one, but definitely please check out our website and support um, profits from the t-shirt. Go to support the work that we do for the charity so we can continue to do stuff like this for moms for free and other underserved communities. So definitely that check that out. Bottom. All that is just yes. going to be right here. You could just, you know, put that in your phone, laptop, whichever works for you. Yep. Get the t-shirt, get the book, attend the conference. Yes. Ladies, attend the conference. Don't sit and complaining that, oh, blah, blah, blah. Go attend a conference and learn a thing or two. You could probably come teach me too. Never know. Ma, Tutu, you guys go attend a conference, man. Come teach and actually some things here. So Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming thank by. Thank you guys for having thank me. Yeah. Follow us on all social platforms at SITM Podcast. Um, visit our website, www.sitmpodcast.com. Shop, shop SITM Podcast merch. Um, I think Flex will be coming back. Um, feels good to be back on the platform. Uh, Tutu, thank you for, um, you know, saying this with me. Achiri, see you, Ma. Um, Alex, what am I saying? Capo, um, he couldn't make it, so shout out to you too. This documentary podcast, and we out. We out. Yay. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Let us know what you think and tell other people about us on social media using the hashtag SITM podcast. If you want to find out more about Stuck in the Middle, visit our website, sitmpodcast.com to browse our blog section. To tell us your story, send us an email at sitmpodcast at gmail.com. Till next time, be safe.